Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to be with you guys again today. We're going to be going into a new series based on the Song of Songs. We're doing a little bit differently today. It's going to be more devotional based than anything else. But if you are new to Awaken Podcast, we have a a new show every Monday and Thursday streaming on the charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to. And we have incredible guests from around the world come on that are laboring in the Lord's harvest field. People that love Jesus, that are serving him, laying down their life on the mission field, their pastors, their leaders, people with a prophetic message, a book that is um, being released in this time and hour that is important, that is imperative. And so I speak to incredible people. I speak to friends. Um, My wife comes on with me and we break down revelation from the scriptures. And we also have different series. And this is a new series just based on the Song of Songs. This is a book that has transformed my heart and my walk with the Lord in a huge way. And when I first got saved, I heard about this book and I began to read from it. And honestly, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. There's a lot of um, romance in the book. It, you know, apparently King Solomon wrote this book right here. And a lot of it is, you know, it's poetry and um, it's romance driven for sure. And I know that a lot of guys weren't very interested in this book for that reason, but I would hear pastors and leaders break down scriptures from the Song of Songs. And it was always men and women of God that were very passionate for Jesus. They were passionate about prayer, about intimacy with the Lord, about experiencing the presence of God. They weren't okay with just a master-servant relationship with God or even just a father-son relationship with God. They wanted to experience that bridal paradigm of intimacy with the Lord, that Jesus is the bridegroom in the church. We are the bride. And at the same time, it doesn't need to be you know, a feminine message only. This is something that we all have a relationship with God an intimate relationship with God where we can experience his love, experience his peace, experience his presence. He's a, he's the pursuer of our hearts. He's the one that woos us. He's the one that captures us, captivates us so that we don't want to pursue the things of this world, so that we don't want to do what we did previously to knowing him and encountering him. We experience a grace and a love that is uh, immeasurable and far beyond anything you could ever experience in this life, something that is supernatural, that is love flowing from heaven. And when we experience that, all we want to do is know him more. And that was surely my experience. But when people would talk about Song of Songs, many people weren't interested. Some people were. And I remember newly saved on fire for God, just in love with Jesus, wanting to know him more, wanting to pray, read the Bible, learn as much as I could possibly learn, wanted to tell everyone that I knew about Jesus. And so um, I remember I was talking to my father one time and my, my father said, wow, you know, people who read the Song of Songs or understand this book in general, they have a very intimate relationship with the Lord. And as a new believer, when I heard that, I thought to myself like, yeah, well, that's that's exactly what I want. So I I should get into this book. I should really do my best to dive into this thing and pray and ask God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to open up my heart so I could understand the truths that are in this book. And so that's what I did. I wound up in three years in Bible school. And throughout that time, I read the entire Bible. I, I read the Gospels. I read the Old Testament. I read everything. Um, but I spent some time focusing on the Song of Songs and I would pray and I would ask the Lord to open up my heart and to reveal intimacy to me and his love and his goodness and whatever he had for me really in the book. And there was times where I'd read it and nothing made sense. And I remember, I remember there was maybe an isolated passage here or there that I got some insight from. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, absolute, you know, absolute truth. I received that. And God spoke to me and he breathed on it and it was great. But 
for the most part, I didn't understand the context of the book. A lot of the stuff didn't speak to me. I was just read through it and I just wanted to move to the gospel of John or move to Ephesians or Romans, something that I could really just glean from, you know, um, and I would, so I would, I would, you know, I would stop reading from the song of songs, but then I went through this time with the Lord that I've mentioned several times here on the podcast where I was struggling with performance orientation, performing for God. I knew he loved me, but I didn't have um, an amazing revelation of God's delight in me, his pleasure in me, that he likes me, that he smiles over me, that I'm not just, you know, a number to him. I'm not just a servant that has to obey commandments. And if I disobey or don't do something 100% perfectly, then he's going to kick me out of the household of God, or he's going to be furrowing his eyebrow and anger at me or whatever it might be, or he might just give up on me entirely. Wow. If you can't even do X, Y, Z, if you can't even get up and pray early in the morning, if you can't speak in tongues more than an hour a day, if you can't do this or do that or evangelize at Walmart when I, you know, or whatever it may be that uh, was some kind of religious pressure on my life. He said, you know, in my mind, if you can't do these things and how are you going to fulfill the call and the destiny that is on your life? And I had this false perception of God and it produced self-condemnation, guilt, and it would cause me to turn away from God, not draw closer to him. And the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But if you feel like he's not good, he's not kind, he's holding my sins against me, he is upset with me, or even just disappointed in some sense, or just mildly, you know, uh, you know, he's, uh, yeah, like you see in a lot of different portraits of Jesus, he's just serious all the time. He's somber. He doesn't smile. You know, he doesn't have a good time. He doesn't you know the Bible talks about him dancing over us and that he takes delight in his people. And it uses such passionate, emotional language for God regarding his people. But I didn't see him like that. And so I went through a period of time where I realized these were my thought processes. And what happened was I began to seek God on this and there was times where I screwed up. I did something stupid or I lashed out or I didn't, you know, whatever it may be. I fell short in whatever way. I felt completely unworthy of the love of God, his embrace, his, 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 you know, revelation or the anointing or whatever I was seeking and pursuing at that time. And God would just unload his grace on me. It's, I can't even explain it. I remember having an encounter with God in my room where I was reading from the song of songs and i there's this vision that i received in my heart and it was it was literally um hard to hard to explain but it was like fused on my soul for weeks and it kept me in this perpetual place of abiding in his presence because every time this picture came back to me it just brought me right into that zone where i was just experiencing the love of god to such a degree it was supernatural and it was overwhelming but i saw a picture in my heart in my spirit so your mind's eye we're talking about the imagination god created us and he gave us an imagination okay and we could have vain imaginations we could have evil imaginations we could also have holy imaginations. That's where God gives us visions. He puts pictures in our mind and we get sometimes if we're not, you know, if we don't know the voice of the Lord, we get sometimes just think it's us or, you know, is this God? Is this me? Is this the enemy or whatever? But I saw in my heart and it was confirmed in my spirit because there was a sense of God's presence on it. But I saw a picture of Jesus's face and he was smiling. There was joy in his eyes, sparkling eyes, joy in his eyes. And there was a smile on his face. And for the first time I realized like, wow, God doesn't just love me because I'm in his family, you know, and he has to love me, 
but he loves me and he likes me and he takes pleasure in me. He delights in me. There is joy. Every time my name is mentioned, there's joy. Yeah. Every time I look to him, every time I press in, he, you know, he is the seeker in this relationship. He is after me. I'm not just the one seeking and after him. And so there was this revelation. And for weeks, the same image would just come up and come up and come up in my spirit. And it changed my life. And honestly, it happened at a time where I felt like I deserved his love the least. I felt the most unworthy with some things and, and you know, things that I was struggling with and wrestling with at the time, but he just kept pouring out love. I remember one time I was punching my steering wheel in the car parked in some, you know, parking lot somewhere. And I remember just screaming, I hate sin. I hate sin. I'm just punching. Like I couldn't, you know, I was just like, I don't want to do the things that I'm doing. Like the apostle Paul in Romans seven, like I want to do one thing and I keep doing the other thing. And I remember the Lord whispering to my heart, I love you and I'm pleased with you. And when I would hear those things, I would just melt because I'm like, who am I that you are mindful of me? You know, why, why me? Like, did you not, were, were you not here? Were you not present when this took place? Like you're God, you obviously know what's taking place in my life. You know, my struggles, but you are still saying that you see the real me, that you see me for who you made me to be, not what I'm struggling with. I'm not my struggle. I am who you made me to be and you, and you love me and you take delight in my life. And so in that season, it was, it was a period of like a year and a half where it was really strong, where God was renewing my mind and transforming the way I view him and view myself, where I was, he was breaking down this book, the song of Solomon to me, where it was just, it became a devotional book to me. It became my way of connecting, communing with the Lord. And yo, I don't understand every single line of this book. I don't know the storyline like some people may of, oh, this is the Shulamite and this is the, you know, the bridegroom and all this different stuff. I don't know verse by verse exactly what's taking place at all times. Okay. And I'm not gonna pretend like I do, but as I'm reading this book, I can tell you that there's been verses that have jumped off the page into my heart, into my spirit that have been divine revelations from God that have transformed the way I view things, transformed the spirit of my mind. Like the scriptures talk about the transformation that comes through the renewing of the mind that has made my connectivity to the Lord deeper and stronger where I'm able to experience his love in a greater way. And so this is just a little bit of a foundation to where we're going in this series. I have no clue how many episodes I'm going to record here, but what I would like to do is just break down. I would like to highlight not every scripture. It's a long book, right? I'm not going to read the entire book of the Song of Songs. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to highlight verses that have meant a lot to me over the years, and then I'm just going to break them down a little bit. I'm going to share the scripture. I'm going to break them down, and then I'm going to pray at the end for the viewer, for the listener, excuse me, for you who are listening, that you would receive an impartation and understanding and revelation regarding these things, because I believe in impartation and you don't need to be present. Jesus prayed for people miles and miles away from them and they received healing. He just released a word and a person was healed miles and miles away in a village. Okay. So I, I believe in the power of impartation. I believe that I can pray for you, even though you're listening right now and you might be driving your car, you might be at the gym, you might be at your house doing some work and this podcast is playing, but the Holy Spirit is with you. I'm not with you, but the Holy Spirit is with you. He is in you and he is all around you and he could minister to your heart and he could release impartation to you. So that's going to be my purpose for doing this series. And you'll probably hear maybe one a week and the other you know episode that I release will be an interview, but stick with me. I believe this will really bless you. And so I'm going to start off Song of Solomon chapter one, verse two, and I'm not going to go anywhere else. I'm just going to read this one verse and then, and I'm going to read it from a couple different versions. This one verse, and we'll go from there. All right, this is Song of Solomon 1, 
verse 2. Okay? And it goes like this. May he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth of his mouth for your love is better than wine. Some versions say that your love is more delightful than wine. Talking about the love of the Lord, your love is more delightful than wine or it is better than wine or his love is more intoxicating than wine. And this is this is something very very interesting because when I was in the world, I was a hedonist. I was a pleasure seeker. I just wanted to do more drugs. I want, you know, how how could I get more high? How could I, you know, how much can I drink? You know, how can I mix these drugs together? How many women can I chase? How can I do X, Y, Z? And I was always, you know, trying to figure out a way to enhance my experience, to have the most fun. I was a hedonist. I was a pleasure seeker. And I was always trying to enhance that. And it got deeper and deeper and deeper into that lifestyle. And so, and a few of you, for those who listen to this podcast and know my story, you've heard me say this, but one of the first thoughts I had in my brain when I was experiencing the presence of the Lord for the first time is this is better than ecstasy. This is better than any drug that I've, I've, I've ever done. And I want to tell you this, for those of you who just have focused more on knowledge and focus more on conviction and living the word, that is great. I believe that we need to have an intimate knowledge of the Lord. I believe that we need to just obey the scriptures and follow God and have conviction. It doesn't matter what we feel. You know, our feelings, you got to take the feelings out of it. It doesn't matter what we feel, whether we have feelings or we don't have feelings. We need to just do what's right and we need to walk with the Lord. We need to have integrity. We need to have character. We need to do the right thing if we want to or not or feel like doing it or not. I agree 100%. I'm not trying to be emotionally focused here, but I also did not want to diminish the fact that God is an emotional God. And if we are created in his image and likeness and God has anger, God has love, God has joy. God has peace. There are so many things in the scripture that describes God. He's got compassion in scripture. And so we know that God is an emotional God. And if we're made in his image and likeness, then we experience emotions as well. And it's an amazing thing when the Holy Spirit dwells in the inside of you. If you're a born again believer, spirit filled, the Holy Spirit lives in the inside of you. And we should be experiencing the emotions of God. We should be experiencing a tangible Love. That was my that was my encounter. And I've talked with believers all over the world. I have friends that know that I know this is true, that there is a love of God that is not just understood in your brain, but it translates to your heart where it's felt and it's supernatural and it's nothing that this world can possibly offer you. It warms you. It 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 excites you. It melts your heart. Literally, it is a, it is a love that is immeasurable. No, no depth, no height, no width. We can't understand this love in our brain. It could only be truly experienced. And you know, the world does offer pleasure. Sin is pleasurable for a season or for a time, but it is fleeting. Okay. And the more we dabble into natural pleasures, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not trying to say the things in this world that are pleasurable are naturally, you know, are automatically sinful because that's not true. You know, and we would have to break that down. We could have a long episode about that. But um, what I'm saying is there is inferior pleasures, carnal pleasures in this world that just hurt us, harm us, destroy us mentally. They break us down. It produces death and corruption in our lives. But there is a superior pleasure 
of knowing Jesus, of abiding in the truth of the gospel, of spending time in his presence. It is tangible. He is real. He wants to communicate to that. So he, uh, communicate that to us. He wants it to be felt. He wants it to be grasped. He wants us to embrace the beauty of his presence. And I'm telling you right now, I've done a lot of drugs. I've had a lot of pleasurable experiences in my life. But when I encountered the Lord Jesus Christ and I experienced this love that the Bible talks about, a love that would drive Jesus to the cross to shed his blood, his back ripped to shreds, and he went to hell on our behalf and he rose from the grave and is now seated with the Father in heavenly places. The love that would cause him to suffer even unto death for us, that supernatural love, this love is better than anything that this world has to offer. And it is available for every believer, okay? There's things that might be pleasurable in the moment, all right? And it's, you know, one moment you're having fun doing it, the next moment it's gone or you're looking for something else to fill your tank. You're looking for something else to fill that void on the inside. We all have this God-shaped hole on the inside of us or we're trying to fill it with relationships, food, drugs, sex, comforts of all kinds, okay? And if we know the Lord, We were born to know him. So if we don't know him, we will naturally have that void on the inside of us that we're trying to fill with things that were never meant to fill it. But if we know him deeply and intimately, and you could be a Christian and still feel that void because you might know him to a degree, but you're not daily experiencing him. There's not an experiential love of God that is taking place in your life. And I'm telling you right now, it is available to you. It is available to you. It is 100% available to you. And so this is how I want to end this episode. This is the book. Song of Songs is about a romance between, you know, it's it's a parable. It's a parable. And it talks about our relationship with Jesus, the bride of Christ, the church, every believer in relation to Jesus, the bridegroom. And the Bible talks about Jesus being the bridegroom often. And so this is the dynamic, not the only dynamic, but this is that dynamic of our relationship with the Lord. And if we're going to step into fullness We need to grow in this dynamic, the bridal dynamic of we are the bride of Christ. Also, we are the children of God. We need to have that father-son or daughter-father relationship with the Lord. Or, you know, there's so many different ways. Servant-master, yes, we need to obey the Lord. We need to be a servant. We need a revelation of all these different things so we could walk in the fullness and really know Jesus for who he is. And so this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to end this one right here. I'm going to pray for you guys. Okay, and it's not going to be a lengthy prayer, but I'm just going to pray that the Lord would open up your heart so that you would experience his love in ways that you never have before. Lord, I just thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, open up the eyes of their heart. Give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation that they would know you, that they would experience you in ways they never have before. Immerse them in your love. Immerse them in your presence, in your glory, Lord. And I just thank you, whatever is hindering them from seeing you in fullness, I just pray that you would break that down right now, whether it just be lies that they've believed, whether it be discouragement or doubt, whether it be um, false perceptions of who you are, God, I just pray that you would draw them and that they would see you in a way they have never saw you before, Lord. I just pray that the supernatural love of Jesus would fill your heart by faith in the mighty name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so that is Song of Solomon 1, verse 2, and I will break down some other verses here as well. But thank you so much for tuning in today. This is part one of a multi-part series. 
Um, look forward to speaking with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. If you enjoy it, make sure to subscribe, rate, review this podcast so we can get it out to more people. Tell your family, your friends about this podcast. Share it on your social media. Let people know. Um, honestly, word of mouth is the best way to spread the podcast. And I want to get it out to more people so they can be encouraged, blessed, uh, inspired by the gospel of our Lord Jesus. So bless you guys. And I'll talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know Him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering Him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter His presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, ex- have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org. LifePortOutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on Amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so, bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you. Mm-hmm.